Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show and He's the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sausman. Frank, hey! What's going on, bud? Greg, hey! We've actually got a lot to talk about here. We do! February 20th, 2020, Greg. Yeah. How Dude, you doing, buddy? 20, 20, 20. How you doing? How'd you sleep? I slept very well, my friend. Very, very well last night. Good to hear, because I don't hear that very often from you anymore. Not anymore. Not these days. But I slept, I slept well. It was great. Does it make you feel better that I uh, read up on some political news today, Greg? I woke up today, <laughs> and I got a message from Frank, and he's like, I know what happened in the debate last night. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not only did you sleep well, you woke up to great news, Greg. Normally, when I get a text early in the morning from Frank, it's, why didn't you do this? Or, this sucks. Or, this is wrong. But instead, I woke up to a, uh, a nice text. I texted it with you. I texted with Florio. Cardano texted me. I'm like, oh, man. He texted me about the debate. It was great. It was awesome. And amidst all that, I sent you a thread about Kevin Biggio I to help brighten your morning. Is it Kevin or Kavan? Pretty sure it's Kevin. I've been calling him Kavan for a while. Well, let's look that up. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. We're gonna look that up for you. No, no doubt about it. On the show today, on two twenty, twenty twenty. Should we have a zero? Yeah, there you go. Uh, aren't we going? We are going to talk about all the players, all nine of them that went twenty twenty last season. We're going to talk about the players that Steamer projects to go 2020 this season. We'll give you some long shots as well. And we're going to check in with Pharrell live in Vegas for Fury Wilder. It's a huge show. It all takes place over the next hour. Before we get to any of that, here's Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid News Update. Sports Grid News Update. I am Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid news update here on the Fantasy BFFs. In the NFL, we may be expecting a playoff structure change. As part of a proposed playoff format, only one team from each conference would receive a first-round bye, as now the conferences will expand to seven teams each in the postseason. The regular season would be expanded to 17 games per season, and the preseason shortened to three games per team. Once again, the proposed playoff format 
format will feature one team getting a buy from each conference. And the league sources said NFL owners are pushing for it to happen next season. This will also include a revised postseason schedule that includes six games on Wild Card Weekend, three on Saturday, and three on Sunday. In Major League Baseball, Luis Severino was scratched from a scheduled bullpen session on Thursday due to right forearm soreness. Concerning news for a guy who pitched just 12 innings during the 2019 regular season, Yankees manager Aaron Boone noted that the forearm issue dates back to Severino's ALCS Game 3 start against none other than the Houston Astros. The 26-year-old right-hander has been shut down from throwing and will see a team physician on Friday. And in the NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Towns will remain sidelined indefinitely as he continues to recover from a left wrist injury. Coach Ryan Saunders told reporters that the team held Towns out of his first practice after the All-Star break on Wednesday. Saunders said Towns will miss upcoming games but did not specify how many. Big Cat is averaging a career best 26.5 points and 10.8 rebounds per game this season. Minnesota returns to action on Friday, home against the Boston Celtics. you got a full slate of NHL, college hoops, and NBA games making their return from the All-Star break. Some you want to consider the Miami Heat visiting the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks are your six-point home dogs in this one. The total is 229. Also, the Houston Rockets visit the Golden State Warriors. Rockets are your nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 233. I'm Alex Fasano, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to the Fantasy BFFs. All right, nice job today, Alex. Better than yesterday, if I'm being honest. A much better update today. Doing a great job. Yeah, Come on, Greg. Dude, a, we didn't get any NASCAR updates. I told you, it was a good update. It was a very, it was, it was a very good update. Everything that we needed, a little basketball, yeah, a little baseball. I had to make sure to get Luis Severino in there for you guys. So. You know, you bring up Luis Severino, and I'm glad you did, because that, you led with the right stuff today. I, I, I thought it was a great job, and I think we need to lead off with the right stuff as well, Frank. So... We have to begin, before we get into 2-2020, we got to talk about Luis Severino, who unfortunately is hurt again. Remember the conversation we had? Hey, Alex, remember that thing Frank made with Luis Severino on it? You want to just... All right, we got the song. We got the, the, the graphic with him. That's. Oh, 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 there you go. Oh. Here you go. Can we do it one more time? Can we do it one more time? Well, I want to feel better. Just erase the last 30 seconds and. That was your Thanos moment of the day. Brought to you by your fantasy BFFs, Luis Severino, Greg. Another one bites the dust. Just like that, he fades to black. Luis Severino has forearm soreness, as Alex told you about, and unfortunately, the Yankees have no idea the severity of it. He's going to take some anti-inflammatory meds. No, uh, he's not going to have any other tests, which seems stupid. He was going to see the doctor, then he wasn't seeing the doctor. Now he's seeing the doctor again. Uh, You know what this has written all over it, Frank? Does it start with... Uh, T and, and 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 with an on. Oh, it it might yes, but I was talking about the way the Yankees are like diagnosing this. It rhymes with J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Oh come on, Greg! Uh, Don't put the Yankees in the same conversation as uh-huh. the Jets. Oh, I'm not. I'm putting them in the same conversation as the Mets. Oh, oh it oh. rhymes with the Jets. Right, right, that's, right, that's, right. That's what it makes sense, right? Well, the Jets kind of had an interesting year in terms of injuries. But like, remember well. when I think it was either Syndergaard, one of their star pitchers, Syndergaard yeah. Wheeler Degrom, was hurt. 
And it was like this. We had some stories. He was seeing the doctor. Then he wasn't seeing the doctor. Then he was playing. Then he wasn't playing. And we killed them. Flory was here, and we sat here killing them. And rightfully so. Because he was a, one of the most important pieces on the team. And we're like, what are you doing? Let him see the damn doctor. And that's how I feel about this with Luis Severino. He hurt himself, forearm soreness, after game three of the ALCS. He was cleared and healthy enough that he was going to pitch in game seven of the ALCS if it went that far. We are now November, December, January, four months past that. And he has the same soreness. He underwent an MRI in November and an MRI earlier this month. No issues. But something is wrong in that forearm. Because he can't throw a damn changeup. This is bad, Frank. Really, really bad. And it's bad for maybe everybody not named the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's go with that. Because it's bad for the Yankees. It's bad for Yankee fans. It's bad for fantasy baseball. Let's be honest, man. We've already seen other starting pitchers drop off the board due to injury. James Paxton, another Yankee who apparently was dealing with a back injury late last season during the postseason. Did they just think that these guys were going to, you know, sleep all offseason and rest up and that they were just going to come back and be 100% healthy? Why wasn't this addressed in 2019 or at least in early 2020? You just thought that they were going to show up, pitchers and catchers, and these guys were just going to be perfectly fine? It doesn't work that way. So, I don't know. Based on everything that happened last year with the Yankees, all the injuries that they suffered, they basically cleaned out the training staff and... Same old Yankees from last year. I mean, it's it, it's crazy right now with these injuries. But, again, from a fantasy perspective, that's just another top 20 starting pitcher that is going to drop way down draft boards, and rightfully so because you have no idea what's going on right now. Carlos Carrasco earlier today hurt his leg. The guy is on crutches. He was a top 30 starting pitcher being drafted. We already lost Paxton as well. So, look at this. We're a week into pitchers and catchers, Greg. And already we've lost, you know, potentially three starting pitchers. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Jose Ramirez also hurt his foot today. Your number one third baseman, as you announced, on FS. A 2020 player, by the way. Yep. 2020 player, which is how we'll get into it. Nice transition there. I like what you did. Um, but Luis Severino, James Paxton, obviously Domingo Herman is suspended. It's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating that it's not even March 1st, and these are the injuries that the Yankees are dealing with already. Heavy yeah, favorites to win I, I the would, AL East. Heavy favorites yeah. to win the AL. Get to the World Series only behind the Dodgers to win it all. Very frustrating. I'm happy you brought up the uh, just the betting odds real quick, Greg, because yeah. the regular season win total for the Yankees is 101 and a half. Sure. And I understand they won 100 games last year with everybody banged up, and they added Garrett Cole to the mix. There's some heavy juice on the over right now, minus 132. Sure. I am not going to bet against the Yankees personally because it just wouldn't surprise me if they go over this number. But if you are worried about the injuries to Severino and James Paxton and the entire pitching staff, you're getting good money on the under right now at plus 105 if that's something you are interested in. I would say Jordan Montgomery is... Virtually a lock for the rotation at this point, Greg. Assuming he's healthy, because again, he hasn't pitched much over the past couple of seasons. Um, and we'll see how they round out that rotation. Jay Happ is going to be in there as well. They might go with uh, an opener strategy. Maybe you know, go with a uh, Jonathan Luizaga to a Chad Green, something like that. But you know, there's a few other guys vying for that spot. Chad Bettis, Nick Tropiano. We'll see what the Yankees do. But ultimately, it sucks for them, and it sucks for fantasy baseball, Greg. Another 20, top 20 starting pitcher falling off the board. We're going to talk 2020 here on 220. Before any of that, we're going to check in with Pharrell, who's live in Vegas. We'll see what's up with him on his show, Coast to Coast, when we come back here on the BFFs. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network 
dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Back with you, BFFs, Frank Stanfield and Greg Sussman. We are live in New York City, but Scott Farrell is live in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's there for Fury Wilder this Saturday. He's doing shows there today and tomorrow. That comes your way live at 4 p.m. Eastern, and he joins us for a couple minutes right now. What's happening, Scott? What's shaking, boys? It's all good here in Sin City. A lot happening. Uh, the media center is rocking. And uh, especially now that I'm here, I always take over this room. Here's what's going to happen. When I do the show live, we're going to clear this place out. We're going to get all the best guests. We're going to get fighters. We're going to cause trouble. It's electric here. There's a lot of energy. It's lit. It's packed. It's uh, got the feel of a Mayweather-McGregor. It's got the feel of a Mayweather-Pacquiao. It's got the feel of a you know, a heavyweight championship of the world with Wilder and Fury. There's a great atmosphere. Uh, people are checking in. The MGM is packed. Uh, and it is uh, venom. It is no joke here. If you're not ready to dance, you will be stepped on like a bug. I've been to over 100 title fights, and here we go again. I know all these people. It's great that I have the juice here that I've had over the years. It's great to have Sports Grid here, and uh, it's exciting to have the network here for our first fight on Sports Grid and all of our partners and everyone included in that, including Pluto, Zumo, Stir, YouTube, and um, our radio uh, partners, Fantasy Sports Radio, Fantasy Sports Network, TuneIn, iHeart, Premier, everything is just fantastic. We're lit. I'm jacked. I'm ready. Not only that, we're going to do two great shows today, coast to coast and in-game live. And then we're going to the hockey game tonight, and I'm hoping to get in a fist fight. That would be awesome. If you get a fist fight, I want to put that on in-game live rather than you know seeing Gabe. Like that. If I can see your fist fight uh, while you're watching uh, the Vegas Knights, like, that would be an ideal situation for me. It's going to be a great game. It's Tampa Bay. They've won 11 in a row against the Knights who are getting hot. They've made some deals. They got Alec Martinez from the Kings. They're making a push for the playoffs. They've been a playoff team. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals, went back to the playoffs, got beat. Uh, they mean business here. They lost five in a row. They fired Gallant. Uh, they are no joke. Foley's the owner. He's like Patton, the general. Uh, it's an electric atmosphere at that arena, T-Mobile for hockey, unequaled in the league. I've been in the league for over 30 years. I've never seen anything like going to a Knights game. It's going to be exciting. But the fight at the Grand Garden Arena on Saturday night on pay-per-view on Fox, the Fox app, Fox pay-per-view, and ESPN Plus pay-per-view is going to be fantastic. The first fight was incredible at Staples in Lipstick City. Mavi and I were there for that. And the 12th round, I'll never forget it, when Wilder knocked him down. And not only knocked him out, but hit him with a left hook that even gave him more damage. And then when Fury somehow got up by the grace of God, we know what happened. Wilder kept beating his ass like no one's business. And it was absolutely phenomenal that the guy was able to withstand all of it and finish the fight and then get a draw. Because he had won about 10 rounds in boxing points world. But in terms of uh, knockouts, ninth and 12th, couldn't take it away from Wilder. So here we go again. It's going to be great. Saturday night, that place will be absolutely jacked. 
And yep. I mean to tell you, it'll be rolling in that building, and it will be loud and crazy, and there'll be all kinds of smoke show hotties and celebrities and movie stars, and half of them are going to want to sleep with me. It's awesome, and you won't be able to sleep with any of them, which is <laughs> makes it that much worse. All right, you mentioned Deontay Wilder, of course, and Tyson Fury Saturday night, and he's over the first fight. I had read, Scotty, that in the second fight that the loser has 30 days to declare a rematch. Is that true? That's right. It is true, Greg, and I think that that is uh, bunk. Uh, we've heard uh, Fury in bed say he wants to retire when he beats Wilder. First of all, I don't think that's happening. Uh, it might. It might very well. He, he fought a great fight. I will say this much. Fury is not afraid of him. Uh, I don't want to see the third fight, frankly, unless this fight is so phenomenal and so incredible because it's never as good the second time around. You thought she was hot. The second time around, it wasn't as good, right? Here's the deal. Every time I've seen fights, I saw Pacquiao fight Marquez five times. I talked about it on the For All on the Bench podcast on Fantasy Sports Radio. And I said, you know, after a while, three, four, five, I'm bored with it. I, I was sitting there at those fights going, they're good fights, but why am I doing this for a fourth and fifth time? Twice with this one, if it lives up to the hype, if it lives up to the great first fight where it was 10 rounds of fury, dominating in points, dominating in boxing, getting in his head, sticking out his tongue, wagging his tongue, laughing at him, mocking him, and then getting knocked down in the ninth and 12th with vicious right hands and a left cross, that was a great fight. Equal that fight. Live up to that fight again. Be better than that fight. Then I'll change my mind and say, Trilogy, bring it on. Until then, this will be enough for me. This will determine who is the heavyweight champion of the world. I think it's Wilder. In fact, I'm betting that he'll knock him out this time flush. This time he'll knock him out and he won't get up. They'll uh, carry him out on a wheelbarrow. Well, Scott, that eliminates one of the questions I was about to ask you was which way you're leaning with this fight. The FanDuel Sportsbook yeah. has this basically even. It's minus 108 for Wilder, minus 108 for Tyson Fury as well. I did want to ask you, did you think that the first fight should have been a tie? Because I agree with you. It seemed like Fury was dominating the entire time, but the way that Wilder knocked him out late, I was okay with that decision personally. Were you okay with that decision? And is this the most anticipated fight? You mentioned McGregor Mayweather. Is this the most anticipated boxing match since the then? Yeah, I think it is, but I think that fight was uh, bigger, without a doubt, and so was Mayweather-Pacquiao, bigger, but it didn't li uh, live up to it. It was an absolute joke. That was the worst fight I ever saw. So I'll say this. Um, Frank, I agree with you that, uh, you know, and I said Fury dominated the fight in points in 10 rounds, and we were there, and I was sitting five rows from the ring, and uh, I thought the whole night, I'm like, this guy's winning this fight. He's going to win this fight. And then in the ninth round, uh, you know, he got knocked down, got up, no problem, kept going. In the 12th, when he got hit, when he got hammered with that right and the left coming down, he hit him with a right when he was tipping over like a tree. On the way down, he said, your mother, whap, with a left cross across his face, and his face snapped off, and he hit the ground, and his eyes were rolling back in his head. I thought it was lights out. The fat lady was singing, good night, Irene. All of a sudden, God peels him off the canvas. The guy gets up. But then he got even more abuse. He took so many shots for the next two and a half minutes. I couldn't even believe he withstood it. And all I have to say is, when they do it again, I think, you know, he's going to do the same strategy. He's a better boxer. He's a better points fighter. He's a better jabber. He's a better move fighter. He does the little jabs and then hits you with a jab, a little drop, step, drop, step, jab, drop, step, jab, and a little fake like he's going to hit you, and then he hits you. And Wilder doesn't do that. Wilder doesn't box. He's not a points fighter. He is a mistake fighter. The minute you make a mistake, he throws a bomb that knocks your head off. 
And that's all there is to it. I've said this before. Tyson eliminated people in the first and second round because he wanted to go to dinner and get some leg and go to the strip club. When Wilder does it, he waits for your mistake. He doesn't care if it's in the 7th, 10th, 12th. He waits for the mistake and gets you. Tyson wanted to go to dinner after the first round. He wanted to get out of the building and without gunshots. I've been there for that, too, in the middle of the casino. He was a different kind of mauler. This guy throws bombs. That's why they call him Bomb Squad. I think he'll knock him out. He did it twice. Now he's here to finish the deal, and he means it. All this talk about Fury winning in two rounds, is, is uh, that's a catastrophe waiting to happen. If he knocks him out in the second round, I'll walk out of the MGM naked into the valet. Greg, for anyone who didn't see the Wilder Fury first fight, the only way that I could describe this, and you'll be able to appreciate this, sure. is the Undertaker gift, man. If you've seen the Undertaker gift, you've seen it a million times, he just stood up from the dead. That was Tyson right. Fury, man. Like there, this That's guy right. had no business getting up after the way he got knocked Great down. Call. The only way to describe it is Undertaker. Seriously, it was Great wild. Great call. Great call by you, Frank. I, no doubt about it. I, I've heard that before. It was one of the great fights. I'll never forget leaving the Staples Center in Lipstick City and heading to the airport because we had a red eye. So we saw him get dropped. The fight ends. We hear the decision. And then we drove, Moppy and I, 100 miles an hour in the Uber. I told the Uber driver, the faster you go, the more money I'm going to give you. And my boy was doing a buck on the L.A. freeways. We got to the airport in time and flew home. And the entire flight home, we talked about how great it was. What an experience. Because, you know, I've been to so many fights over the years, a million. And uh, they don't live up to it. Uh, they're never, like, uh, fights that are so memorable and fantastic that you talk about them the whole way home or the next day or you you know text the guy uh, a week later and say can you believe we were at that fight or when they you know show the fight again a second time can you believe we were there that's only happened a few times in my career but i've seen over 90 title fights so that was one of them that uh mafia and i were talking all the way to the airport and all the way home and, and a few days later about it too but good call by you on undertaker i love wrestling uh i used to uh, watch Bruno San Martino and eat Doritos and smoke bong rips and sit on my couch all day when I was a kid watching wrestling. My dad used to say, you're worthless. You're going to be a loser and a and just an absolute felon. You have nothing in life. <laughs> I used to say, screw you, dude. You have no idea what you're talking about. Wrestling is awesome. I hate you. Get out of my face. Wrestling. And I ended up winning because he became a fan of the show, too. I beat his ass, too. There you go. Wrestling Even is awesome. So, <laughs> so is boxing. Coast to Coast comes your way in about 35 minutes from now. Any idea who the guests are on today's program, Scotty? I have no idea, but I wanted to say one thing for the fans, to be honest, because of Sports Grid, uh, we, we came out here, my boy Ryan and Carver High, we had a tremendous amount of stress. We had to carry 500 pounds of equipment. We had to set up for the first time ever to do TV. We had to do all this testing. We had to set up wires, set up plugs, set up this, audio, video, everything else, and they pulled it off. The only reason I'm on your show today is to prove that we could do it and set it up right and get on the air. We've done it. We've accomplished it. Now for the next two shows from 4 to 6 and 7 to 9 on Coast to Coast and Endgame Live, we'll bring you some surprises. We're hoping to get the fighters in here too, but you never know with these egos. Absolutely. Egos are big, but not as big as yours, Scotty. Have a great show. I'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you next time. I love you guys. BFF, shake out. Should we start doing that? I don't know. That's our, that's our thing. Ah. Well, I was doing a 2-0 earlier because we're talking 2020. I like, I, I like the hand motions that Scotty throws out there, too. Huh? And the dance I always, moves. I, I catch the show uh, after the BFFs, obviously, when we're down in the pit, and I see Scotty. He's always giving out his best bets, and he's wiggling the fingers around, and he's, uh, yeah, this is who I'm on tonight, baby. Vegas Golden Knights. Let's go. I love it. And you'll get more of that coming up. <laughs> 4 p.m. Eastern right here on Sports Grid. You got Pharrell, 
going from coast to coast. Last night in New York City. Tonight, out there in Las Vegas, Nevada, hosting coast to coast right here on the Sports Grid TV network. Only place to catch Pharrell, and hopefully the fighters Fury and Wilder will both stop by uh, at some point. Coming up here on the BFFs, we got... Like 25 minutes ago, we had a whole lot to talk about. We'll probably uh, spread it out over the next couple of days, I assume. We have a lot, have a lot to get to. It's a fun it's a day here uh, on the program. Who went 2020 last year? We're going to tell you. There's nine guys that did it. We'll let you know all nine of them. And which of those nine we're back in on here in the year 2020. We'll tell you that. Who's going 2020 in 2020? A lot of questions. Not a lot of time. The answer's coming your way. Next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, Pharrell, Coast to Coast, you heard it. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. He is live in Las Vegas, Nevada, out there for Sports Grid. But over the next uh, 25 minutes or so, we'll talk about some more Major League Baseball stuff before we throw it over to Scotty Pharrell. All right, let's get into the players who went 2020 last year. Frank, there are nine of them. Can you name them all? Uh, I can because, of course, I <laughs> helped you make the rundown and the, and the graphics, Greg. Uh, but a few of these names, I think, would surprise people if they're just kind of jumping back into fantasy baseball sure. now and reviewing the stats from last year. Uh, I think one name that definitely stands out who is interesting to talk about is Danny Santana. I think another name is Jose Ramirez, who's still being drafted in that first, second round range. You're not really getting a discount on Jose Ramirez Nor based on you. his early season struggles. And I agree with you. I actually like Jose a lot. Assuming he's healthy because the guy got hit by a, by a pitch on his foot today. We're talking about Severino getting hurt and Paxton getting hurt. And of course, now Jose Ramirez uh, limped off the field with a foot injury. So of course, uh, we're going to need healthy legs, healthy feet for Jose uh, if he's going to run again this upcoming season. But I think a lot of the names on this list, Greg, are not surprising, are almost expected outside of maybe Danny Santana. And, you know, I, I think Jose Ramirez is definitely an interesting name. You're, yeah, not, getting, you're not getting any uh, discount or value from no, last I, year. I, I leave that lead list up because I think you can kind of, we're not going to talk about some of these guys, right? Like, sure. I'm not talking about Ronald Acuna. We've talked a lot about the number one yep. overall pick, according to you, Frankie. I don't want to talk about Christian Yelich, number three overall pick, according to you, Frankie. We talked about that a lot as well. Francisco Lindor, we talked a lot about him on this show as a first-rounder. Same to go with Trevor Story. We've broken him down a bunch. So let's get rid of all those guys. I want to start at the very top here with Jonathan VR, who led this um, crew in steals. He had, what, 40 steals? Is that right? He had 40 stolen bases last year. He had 40 year. stolen bases, over 20 home runs. And I brought him up to you on yesterday's, sh- or yesterday's show. or I think it was one of those guys where I randomly threw at you and I wasn't supposed to talk about him. I think it was during the break, actually. Fine. <laughs> so I, I brought up Johnny VR. I'm like, dude, are you in on Johnny VR? And you sighed, and you're like, no. And because we've already seen what the downside is of him. Well, in last year, he went up 40 stolen bases to lead Major League Baseball or lead the 2020 players, I think Alex Smith led Major League Baseball, but 40 steals and 24 homers. The year before, 35 steals to go with 14 homers. The year before that, when everybody drafted him in the second round, well, he had just 23 steals and 11 home runs. 
We have seen the downside of Jonathan VR. Last year was the upside. We got up there right now. You see right below me the steamer projections for him for this year, where he has his projected for 33 steals to go along with 17 home runs. If he can hit a steamer projection and hit about 257, where should he be taken in drafts, Frank? I think that he should be a third, fourth round pick. I don't really have a problem with his price, Greg. The problem for me lies in the players that are going around him. I just like those players more. I like Javier Baez more. I like Cattell Marte more. Uh, a lot of people are going to question what Cattell Marte did from last year. Is it juice ball related? If you look at Cattell Marte, he's actually filled out. He's gotten stronger. He raised the launch angle, raised the average exit velocity. He started hitting the ball harder last year as well. I like Kesson Hiro more than Jonathan VR as well. And I think that one's a complete toss up. If you yep. liked VR more than Kesson Hiro, I, I couldn't kill you for that. Um, the problem with VR for me, and the, the main reason why I like those players more than him, is because I think Jonathan VR has more bottom out potential. I think that the floor is lower for Jonathan VR than some of these other players just because we've seen it before. We've seen him bottom out after being an early round pick where he basically got reduced to a bench role when he was with the Milwaukee Brewers. He had a phenomenal season last year. There's no doubt about it. The move from Camden Yards to Marlins Park is definitely going to affect his home run output. I think the steamer projection is fair. He's probably going to give you 15 to 17 home runs and probably going to give you 30 to 35 stolen bases. Doesn't help you. Doesn't hurt you in batting average. He's fine. But he's also playing a new position this year as well, Greg. He's playing center field. Sure. And on FST, Craig Miss spoke to Jonathan VR. We had an interview a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't really seem excited about the idea of playing center field. So I almost wonder if that's going to affect him at the plate. Sure. We've seen that happen before with Absolutely. other players. I think that there are just a lot of moving parts that there's a very low floor for Jonathan VR as well. Uh, and because of that, I will just target other players that are going in his range. But if you want steals, I can't knock you for wanting to take him. I think his value is fine where it is right now. Would you rather have Jonathan VR or Whit Merrifield? I would rather have VR. Okay, because the power potential is obviously stronger with And the VR. stolen bases are going to be higher for VR. They are. The average is going to be significantly lower, though, from Definite, Whit Merrifield than Jonathan fair. VR. Definitely fair. So there are trade-offs there. You're probably going to get more runs and more batting average out of Whit Merrifield. Those are, those gonna, are categories you need. Yes, but uh, stolen bases are also very scarce. I think Whit Merrifield's probably going to give you around 20. Sure. And VR could give you as much as 40, again. I mean, he's, but a fair projection is more closer to 35 uh, I'll give the trade-off of batting average for more stolen bases. I'll take VR. Right, Jonathan VR going in that third, fourth round. Somebody you're obviously going to, like, going to want to consider at that spot, depending on how your team shakes out. Let me move on to a guy that you and I both like, and I think people are off of this guy because it's been around for a long time, and that's Starling Marte. And Starling Marte, for years, was the guy that we thought would catapult into the first round and be this potentially... 35-35 guy, right? Like, that was the idea with Stalling Marte. And it never really happened. He never really stole enough bases. He never really hit enough home runs. And I think people are a little bit bored, for lack of a better term, of Starling Marte. He's now 31 years old. So he's past that 30 threshold, which is just a number. Last year, there's 25 stolen bases. The most that he's had since 2016, where he hit 47 and hit nine home runs. 23 home runs last year with the juice ball was the most of his career. 25 steals. It wasn't the most. Sorry, I read that wrong. I thought he had 23 steals in 2018. He had 33 steals in 2018. Down to 25 last season. He ran way more in 2018, but had more power than ever uh, last year in 2019. That very much could be juice ball related. 
The average, well, it was all the way up to 295 last season. That was the highest since 2016. Sterling Marte was very good. Now he goes over to Arizona, uh, what should be a better lineup. I know people are a bit fatigued of Starling Marte, but the Steamer Projections has him as somebody that you're going to want to take because Steamer Projections about 24 home runs and 26 steals. That is almost 25-25 with a strong batting average of 284. I get it. People are bored of Starling Marte. This is a guy that I look at like, yeah, I definitely want this player. I agree. I want Starling Marte as well. I think the biggest hindrance of Starling Marte drafting him this year is his price. I mean, his ADP... Uh, over at the NFBC in the month of February is 31. So that's a mid-third-round pick in a 12-team league. That's a borderline second-third-round pick. I've seen him go in the second round in a, in a ton of these 15-team leagues as well. And look, it's a big price to pay, but it's someone who's going to give you all five categories, Greg. And if, you're, if you want to talk about five-category players, a lot of those guys go in the first round. Again, Acuna, Christian Yelich, Mike Trout. Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor, Trevor, Trevor Story. Story. All these guys go in the first round. The reason why Starling Marte doesn't is because he is an injury risk. He played 132 games last year, 145 the year before that, 77 in 2017, and 129 in 2016. So you almost have to bake in. He's going to miss 20 to 30 games throughout the course of the season. But he did that last year, Greg. Still hit 23 home runs, still stole 25 bases, 295 batting average. He's a career 287 hitter. He's a five-category player. These guys normally go in the first round. You're getting him at the at the end of the second to early third round. There's definitely some injury risk involved, but I have no problem taking him where he's going right now. I'm I, with you. I'm, I will say this. He's better for Roto than he is for points. Why is that? Because he doesn't walk very much. He has a career 4.9% walk rate. So uh, doesn't have great OBP, doesn't have a great uh, eye at the plate in terms of walking. Uh, so he doesn't help you as much in a points league, but for Roto, where you can get stolen bases without this guy hurting your batting average or power, it's a no-brainer for me when it comes to Starling Marte. The most surprising name on this list, Frank, without question, is Danny Santana of the Texas Rangers. He came up, and I remember him coming up, and I was like, hey, dude, Danny Santana's pretty hot. Should, should I pick him up? And you're like, no. <laughs> Why would you do that? So I didn't. And Danny Santana never, well, stopped being hot. He was fantastic all season long, and now Danny Santana uh, in the mix to play every single day for the Texas Rangers. Bit of a journeyman, so I think the questions are fair, but Danny Santana went 20-20 last year. Frank, can he do it again? Man, Danny Santana is probably the biggest wild card in fantasy baseball this upcoming season. Greg really came out of nowhere. You hit it on the head. Wound up hitting 283 with 28 home runs and 21 steals. Sounds a lot like the line that Starling Marte sure. is projected to give you this upcoming season. And you got that from a waiver wire pickup last year in Danny Santana. I mean, the question you have to ask yourself, Greg, and we're, we're going to try to answer is, can he repeat it? Can he, can he come close to doing that again? Uh, similar to Starling Marte, doesn't walk all that much, 4.9% walk rate, but he strikes out a lot more than someone like Starling Marte. 29.5% strikeout rate. He has shown a power-speed combination at times throughout his minor league career. Back in 2018 with the Braves, 16 home runs, 12 stolen bases. Earlier in his minor league career, he stole a bunch of bases as well. I don't know that he's going to go 20-20 again, Greg. I, I think he's someone that could give you a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. I, myself, would not be projecting him to go 20-20. Maybe a fairer projection is you know 15-15 and and. Steamer is a little bit more optimistic than I am. 19 home runs, 17 stolen bases. Uh, the second question you have to ask is, 
where is he going to play? Is he going to get in the lineup every single day for the Texas Rangers? There was a report that came out uh, just the other day that said Nick Solak has an opportunity to play in center field for the Texas Rangers. Sure. And he's you know a top prospect for them. Performed well last year for the Rangers. That's, if, so, that, that's actually hysterical. What? Because I like Nick Solak. <laughs> you know where Nick Solak came from? No, I don't. You don't know anything about Nick Solak? No. So Nick Solak, I saw an old tweet of mine from three or four years ago about Nick Solak. The Yankees hope Nick Solak become Brandon Jury. Because that's who they traded for Brandon Jury. Really? Nick Solak. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about Nick Solak with the Texas Rangers. Um, I don't mind Danny Santana. I think he's probably more of a 15-15 guy with a bad batting average. I'll give you a couple more notes on uh, Danny Santana, and we'll tell you who we think could go 2020 this year. Next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So interesting little note about Danny Santana, which I forgot about. Uh, in the early 2010s, he was a member of the Minnesota Twins team that kind of came out with Eddie Rosario and Jorge Polanco. Like Danny Santana was a member. Yeah, he was in that, that group for yeah. sure. And I think he had some prospect status back in the day. So the, the, what was interesting to me was back in 2014, he stole 20 bases and he batted 319. He had with, speed for with, sure with the Twins in 23 games. That's what I'm sorry. At, tw- at age 23, in over 100 games, and a year later, you're like, all right, this guy, this guy could be pretty good next year. And then he wasn't, because he batted 100 points lower uh, with his average. His Babbitt went from four, over 400 to 290. He stole just eight bases, and he never really regained his starting job, bounced around uh, after that. So the speed, we have seen him steal 20 bases before. That's why last year's 21 steals doesn't really seem like a fluke. Um, he does have the ability to play all over the field, all over the infield, and all over the outfield. So I, I think that if the Rangers really want to get him in a lineup, they'll find a way. There's definitely a, an outcome, a range of outcomes where he makes me look completely foolish, Greg. Yeah. When he goes off for like 20, 20, maybe even 25, 25, the speed is there. The batting average isn't going to be good. He strikes out a lot, 29.5% strikeout rate. He's got a little pop. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the new ballpark plays out there in Texas, Greg, but they have a roof now, so a lot of people think that that is going to suppress some of the power a little bit. It's going to come back a little bit, uh, not the same way that the ball used to travel when it was just open and it was really hot out there in Texas. So uh, something to pay attention to, but again, probably more of a 15-15 projection for me out of Danny Santana. But aren't you kind of okay with that, right? Like, if you get it wrong with Danny Santana, like, that's what miss, like, fine, I got it wrong. That's how I feel about Danny Santana. Like, I'm not going to wind up taking this guy, and if somebody else takes him and grabs him... Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay I'm being a- wrong with him in terms of my analysis, but you can't afford to be wrong with him if you draft him, because he's going no, to pick... No, no, I agree. He's going to pick 130. I totally agree with yeah. you, but I'm saying I'm not drafting him, so if I... I'm oh, I agree with you. I'm not going to have him either. And, and I'm not going to be, like, upset if he... But that's why he's the X Factor, because if there's people that are very bullish on him, and he does come to fruition, sure. like, yeah, he's going to be, like... He's going to be like that GPP play for DFS. Nobody else is going to have Danny totally. Santana, and he's going to propel you ahead. So all the other guys that went 2020 last year, it kind of makes sense. right? I named some of the bigger players that went are going in the first round. Uh, the other players who I didn't name, or the, I guess the only player I didn't name, was Tommy Pham. We started the month very in on Tommy Pham. Gave me some information today, Frank, that made me uh, not as interesting. 
Yeah, so Tommy Pham is just starting to throw from 90 feet now. He was dealing with... Uh, the Yankee doctors. Yeah, seriously, right? Uh, he dealt with a UCL injury late last season, and he's just starting to throw from 90 feet now. So reading something like that on February 20th, 2020, is not really what you want to see out of Tommy Pham, especially when you have to pay a fifth or sixth round price tag on Tommy Pham. Went 2020 last year. I won't doubt the skill. He was someone that I loved last season as well, Greg. You know I was all over Tommy Pham, uh, but I'm a little bit worried about this injury, and he's dealt with a lot of stuff the past couple of years. Uh, I know he's had surgery on his eyes to help repair you know, his vision, and now he's dealing with this UCL. This is something you might have to think about basically all season long, and even before the season starts. Uh, based on that price tag, I, I think Tommy Pham might be a pass for me right I, We like Tommy Pham literally until today. Like we were, we were in on this guy because of this potential in San Diego, top of the lineup. We liked it. I'm not taking a risk with a guy that has or has, a, has had a strained UCL for four months, and he has typically missed a lot of time in the past. As Correct, well. other injuries. Right. So um, I like Tommy Pham. It'll be frustrating if he goes off because I because I did like him, um, but I'm not going to take that. Does that shot. put Ramon Laureano ahead of him for you, Greg? Because I, I kind of marry those two together. Sure. I think they're similar players. I think they are. Loriano projected to bat second for the A's. Makes sense. This is a great spot to be in that lineup, Makes right? Makes sense. Hitting right behind Semyon, right ahead of someone like Matt Olson or, or Chapman, whoever they put uh-huh, there. Yep. He's going to see some good pitches to hit, man. I think it's possible, man. I, I think it's possible. Who leads? Oh, you said Simeon leads off yeah. the team. Okay. So it's much, a good lineup. I'm still man. Not, like sold on Loriano. You're not sold on Loriano, huh? I remember that stretch last year. It was like a month or two stretch where he was basically like performing like Mike Trout. Amazing. He was awesome. He was amazing. Okay, so. Other than the players that went 2020 last year, Seaver projects a few other players to go 2020 this year. Now, some of the ones that went last year aren't projected to do it again this year. For the most part, a lot of them are. But there were five players that Steamer projected to go 2020 this year that did not last year. And it begins with a guy that you said, I don't, I don't remember if it was off the air or on the air, but you go, man, I really want at least one share of this guy. And that is Alberto Mondesi, of course, of the Kansas City Royals. We know the speed's there. Power should be as well. Where is he going, and what's it cost? So Adalberto Mondesi right now is going in a a similar spot to where uh, Jonathan Villar is going. Jonathan Villar, we mentioned earlier, going around pick 45. Adalberto Mondesi going five spots higher with an ADP of 39.9. So right around, you know, that 40 range for Mondesi in the early fourth round of a 12-teamer, in the third round of a 15-team league. And I want one share of Mondesi, Greg, just by the chance the off chance that this guy just goes ballistic. Because look what he did last year. 43 stolen bases in 102 games. Didn't kill you with the power. Nine homers, 62 ribbies. And if I've watched a few Royals games where the broadcasters talk about like how the team feels about him. They think that he has MVP-type upside. He is that talented. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. He had a surgery in the offseason to repair a torn labrum. Uh, so we need him to be healthy. Obviously, that's... You know, first and foremost, the most important thing for uh, Adalberto Mondesi. But if he's healthy, Greg, if he's healthy, this is someone who can hit 15 to 20 home runs with legitimately 60 stolen bases. Yep. So he's not a main target of mine. I'm not going to have multiple shares, but he is someone I would like to have at least one share in case he is that player that pops off this. Cost season. you a whole lot, right? It's going to cost, it cost you a whole lot. Would you rather have Adalberto Mondesi or Jonathan VR? I have said before that I would take VR because he is safer. Yes, he is. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll stick with that. No, you won't. 
I don't know. No, you won't. Re- realistically, my answer is I'm not going to, like, I'm targeting someone else in that range. I understand. But gun to my head, I had to choose one of these players. I'm going to take Montessi. I know you are. It's worth fun. I got to, oh, gosh. Just, I, I just hate going back on what I said, you know? He's got he's to stay healthy, and I'd like to see him get on base more. That he, More steals, if he gets on base more. He had a 291 OBP last year and still stole 43 bases. That's why he could be up to 60 if he can get on base a little bit more. It's crazy. Or just stay healthy. That'll work, that'll work too. 102 games last year. It's 23 years old. Uh, 24 uh, this upcoming season for Adalberto Mondesi. Another young player that kind of fits this mold, Frank, is in Toronto, where Bo Bichette fits this mold. Uh, last year, it was all about Vladimir Guerrero, and then yeah, Bo Bichette, Kevin Vigio, Lourdes Gurriel, all these guys kind of coming up together. A lot of the hype surrounds Vladdy. Why isn't Bo Bichette being talked about more? I think there is a substantial amount of hype around Bo Bichette. I think there's a lot of people that like him. Awesome hair, by the way, as well, when it comes to Bo Bichette. I worry a little bit about the speed, Greg, because he had four stolen bases last year, four caught stealing. He's likely going to have the green light to start the year, but if he has, if he continues to steal bases at a 50% conversion rate, then at some point they might hold up the stop sign on Bo Bichette and tell him to stop running. But I, I think that the tools are all there. He has speed. He has the hit tool. He has power. The guy hit 11 home runs in just 46 games. He has the pedigree uh, as well, obviously the son of Dante Bichette as well. And it's awesome. That Blue Jays lineup is just, you know, all second-generation players with Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as well. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, but I don't think I'm going to own any Bo Bichette this year, Greg. And, you know, maybe I miss out on, you know, the breakout season this upcoming year, but... Similar to a few of the other players we've talked about, there are just a lot of players in that range that I like more. I'm going to take Yohan Moncada over Bo Bichette, has more major league experience, and I think has similar, if not better, upside than Bo Bichette. Manny Machado is going in that range. You know I'm a big Machado guy as well. Well, Mariano's going around there too. Look, if Bo Bichette goes off this year, it wouldn't surprise me. It's probably going to be on somebody else's team unless the value comes down a little bit, and I can't see that happening just based on the name and the prospect pedigree. I like Bo Bichette, man. Uh, this is one of those where if he goes off, like I, like I Alberto Mondesi, you just said. You just want a share of him I in want case share. he goes off. I want a share. I th- would I, you I rather have happening. him in a vacuum? Would you rather have him over Machado or Yohan Moncada? I, won't want, I don't want him over Machado. I got to send you my Moncada notes, man. There's a lot to be excited about. Well, why don't you talk about him briefly? So Moncada basically completely changed his approach from last year where he became more aggressive. In the past, he was almost too passive In 2018, his chase rate on pitches outside the strike zone was like 23%. Last year, it went up to 31. So he started chasing pitches outside the strike zone more. But the best part is, Greg, his contact rate went up. So he chased those pitches, but he made contact with those pitches. You would be pushed pushed away from Ankata if he chased pitches and swung and missed at those pitches more. He didn't. He was making more contact inside and outside the zone last year. And he finally put it all together, Greg. 25 home runs, 315 batting average. I know you are going to look at the 409 Babbitt Correct. and say, look, it's, not, it's 406 Babbitt and say that's not sustainable. And I would agree with you, but look at his minor league Babbitt as well. Yeah, so I looked at that. Consistently in, over 360, over 370. I think there was like a 390 Babbitt season in there. There was a 379 in there, 373, 395, 353. He was more aggressive last year. He cut down the strikeouts from like 33 to 27%. Makes elite batted ball. Like when he makes contact... It is awesome contact. Like, look at his StatCast numbers and, and his hard hit rate numbers. About 39.9% hard hit. Yeah, the StatCast, the average exit velocity is like 96th percentile. So, 
look, I just think the sky's the limit. It wouldn't surprise me if Moncada goes 280, 30 home runs, 15 stolen bases, just has one of those monster breakout seasons. Someone who's like drafted where Devers is going this year, but something the, like that. The thing is, you're not far off from that already, right? Because last year you've had 130 games, that's 315, fine. The batting average is going to come back a little but bit, for sure. But what I'm saying is, yeah, he gave you 25 homers and 10 stolen bases last year. If you just give him five more homers because he plays 30 more games, that doesn't Why can't he get better? How old is he? Old. 24 years old. So he's tw- he'll, be 20, he'll be 25 in May. Yoamakata, another guy that you have a little bit of prospect fatigue on already because you've been hearing about him for so long because he was trading in the Chris Sale deal. Yoamakata, I like it, Frank. But wouldn't you rather have someone yes. who's been in the majors for yeah. a few years already? Yeah. Where you almost worry a little bit about that second year and pitchers making adjustments on someone like Bo Bichette. Again, he might go off and just completely make me look stupid, but I think Moncada is someone who we've already seen take those necessary steps, change the approach. I agree with you. The batted ball data is amazing. I'm sold, man. I'm in, man. I'm in. I love him. I'm sold. I love Moncada. The other players on this list projected to go 2020. Trey Turner of the Nationals. That makes sense. If he surprise, surprise. Fernando Tatis, we talked about yesterday. And Luis Robert, you are Moncada's teammate in his rookie year. Would you rather have Boba Shedder or Luis Robert? Boba Shedder. Right, there you go. Coach to Coach is up next with Scott Farrell live from Vegas. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.